0: This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Welcome, welcome everybody to an Attitude Era review show. We are recording this Monday morning, October 9th, 2023. This week we are going to be looking at season six, episode 22, June 1st, 1998. And we are coming off of the big, big, big pay-per-view uh, last night where um, Vince McMahon was the special guest referee in a match between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Dude Love. And in that match, a fallen and out Vince McMahon was taken advantage of as Austin raised his lifeless hand and counted one, two, three for the victory, man. And the opening of this show was brilliant because it was highlights of that match from last night, and Vince McMahon himself did the voice over. And he basically said last night, Uh, was a shallow victory for Stone Cold Steve Austin as all concerns were on the owner of the WWE, Vince McMahon, and Stone Cold will forever be stained with the label of the most undeserving WWE champion of all time. So Vince did the voiceover for this. You know, bro, I have in big letters here, this was great, and we cared, bro. Uh, I, I, Well, I, I kind of do know what happened, bro. I think a lot changed with Vince McMahon when he slayed WCW and bought the company. Because I remember, man, the last time I saw Vince was 2002. And, bro, I can remember back then the bravado was gone. The, the fight was gone, um, but looking at this show, what just slaps me across the face compared to what we're watching today is we cared, bro. Vince cared, cared enough to voice over the opening of the show, which I thought was a great, great, great touch we got a wild crowd, bro, at the Rosemont in Chicago, Illinois. We open the show with J.R. and Michael Cole. 16,150 people are in attendance. Um, Everybody has a sign. And we open up this show hot with Mick Foley sitting in the middle of the ring. He has a vicious mouse underneath his left eye like a almost baseball like from last night's match and he talks about last night's match and he says um last night I lost my teeth stone cold Steve Austin kicked my ass last night and the fans are booing booing dude love and they're cheering Austin when he brings him up and dude says I need to I made a few mistakes and tonight it may be time for the dude to give an apology and that is when dude love calls out Vince McMahon and I have again bro here comes Vince and when you look at Vince walking down the ramp, you can tell bro he really cared about all this. he was so into everything he was doing as we all were bro that that's the disconnect I'm feeling today i'm I'm seeing people go through the motions, but i'm I'm just not feeling like they really cared. If you go back and you watch Vince McMahon during this time, he really cared about everything that was on the show and everything that he was doing. Dude basically tells Vince that he's going to be out for a while, um, but when he comes back, he wants to come back as the number one contender. And, uh, you know, he, he apologizes for not getting the job done last night. So now it's Vince's turn and bro this is all you know this is all they they know what they're going to say they know the story they know where it's going but this is all ad-libbed all of this bro mixed part Vince's part uh this is what i miss the most about wrestling today. Vince says to Mick, you want me to accept an apology from someone who is a complete failure as a human being? Well, you want to apologize. Let's start by you getting down on your knees. And Mick Foley says, my kids are watching at a home on TV and I'm not going to embarrass myself. And Vince snaps back and says, you already are an embarrassment to your family. Get on your knees. Mick, you failed. No, no. Mick basically says this to Vince, that you failed to really understand how tough an SOB, Stone Cold Steve Austin, really was. And Vince says, no, Mick, I just overestimated you. Um, I wrote down, bro, this was great shit between these two. Um, these are Vince McMahon, Mick Foley at the top of their game. As a writer, bro, I am writing the scene. But they know what they have to say, bro. I am not writing this out word by word by any means, man. I'm writing the story. I'm giving them direction. But they know damn well what needs to be said. Uh Mick continues and he tells Vince, When I took that chair last night and wrapped it around your skull, it felt damn good. And this entices Vince to say, Well, then do it again. There's the chair, Mick. Make my day. Do it again. Come on, hit me. What's the matter, Mick? What are you thinking about that college fund for your kids? That new house. You just bought that 20-year mortgage, the fund you opened up for your aging parents. Go ahead. Hit me. Have some guts. Come on. And then Vince tells Mick, the only reason I haven't fired Steve Austin is because Austin makes me money. You make me sick, Mick and basically he tells mcfoley your services are no longer required the dude love music hits and vince dances in front of mcfoley to the dude love music was mcfoley just fired between our very eyes within the first 15 minutes of raw so again, there is a great hook. Uh, Jr. is telling us Austin is here. We got some King of the Ring qualifiers tonight. We have uh, a six-man elimination match between DX and the Nation, and a Chicago street fight between LOD and DOA. We go to the alley in the for the street fight. Kevin Kelly is there with Draws, and of course, Draws is puking on Q. Vince McMahon loved that shit, bro. You, you guys have heard me talk about this so many times. Vince McMahon just loved, loved the juvenile bullshit. But as they're cutting the promo, you know, Hawk, Animal, they're cutting a great promo. Sonny is there this time. So Sonny must have been missing for a reason last week. Chains pulls up, and we have our street fight. And, bro, this is a fight. Uh, These six guys are literally beating the shit out of each other with trash cans and pipes. And even though it is a work, all of this looks just so, so real. JR had a great line here that I loved. A human anatomy surrounded by concrete. This is not a match. This is human anatomy surrounded by concrete. Great, great fight. This was a brutal, brutal fight. Um, everyone is knocked out. The only two left two, uh, left standing are ch- uh, Chains and Draws. And then, bro, here comes a figure walking into the building, and it is none other than The Undertaker in street clothes. We know Taker's not in a good mood because he lays out the last two men standing, which is Draws and chained. so now we know taker is in a foul mood we go to commercial break uh with this great 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 hook so now you know again bro that we're building the show within the two hours this is the art of writing a show a television show bro we keep up in the ante we keep increasing the stakes bro was Mick Foley fired? What is The Undertaker so pissed off about? We get that within the first 15 minutes of this show. We know Austin's here as well. We come back from commercial, and Taker is looking for Vince McMahon. We then go to a match with Val, Venus, and Papachulo, who didn't even get an entrance, bro. This is, there was so much Packed into this two hours, we couldn't even afford to give Papa Chulo an entrance. Uh, I believe, bro, I could be wrong. This may have been the first time that uh, Val Venus used the saying, hello, ladies. And then he has a microphone. He goes, I'm not happy to see you. That is a gun in my pocket. And I promise you that this gun shoots no blanks yes bro that uh that has my name written all over it during the course of this match i I, guys i say this again and again and again jr was so key to keeping you glued to your channel bro so key because jr is talking about the undertaker is looking for vince mcmahon austin is in the building We have cameras in the back. If anything happens, we are going to take you there immediately. JR keeps us enticed with his uh, Mick Foley story. Um, And he is talking about, you know, Mick being publicly fired and how degrading it was. But again, bro, as a viewer at home watching this, um, we know there's a little bit more to this story than meets the eye. And that's why JR just keeps brilliantly, brilliantly bringing it up, bro. The, the continuity in the commentating. Man, all you get today are Cole and, um, What's his name, bro? I don't even remember his name, bro. All, all, all you, Barrett, all you get is those guys calling matches. That's all you get, bro. You don't get any of this. This is all storytelling. From there, bro, here comes Taker to the ring. Val Venus goes over in his match. Here comes Taker to the ring. He is dressed in street clothes. Bro, here's what I loved about Taker. The willingness to try new things. Bro, he is not coming out as the Undertaker as the dead man in all his Undertaker garb. He is coming out as Mark Calloway, bro. The man, he's dressed in, in black sweats and it's not the Taker. This is the man, but the way Taker crafts this promo does not kill the mystique of the Undertaker. And this was, bro, Taker taking a chance because he was a little bit out of character. And bro, the great ones take chances, man. Uh, you know, Sting doing Joker Sting, you know, Bret Hard turning heel, turning on America. Uh, great ones take chances, bro. Because you know why? If those chances don't play out they have the confidence in themselves that they are going to be able to overcome that. Uh, Taker cuts one of the best promos I think ever in his career. Um, and I remember this very, 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 very vividly like it was yesterday. Taker talks about 10 years ago, um, I came to the WWE and Vince McMahon was all about opportunities And he gave me a chance to be myself, be the undertaker. So he's right there saying he and the undertaker are one in the same. This is who he is, perhaps a little bit amped up. Um, And he says that's where the giving stopped from Vince McMahon and the taking began. And he says that he became the slayer of the dragons. And Vince knew that he would be loyal. And Vince put every giant freak in front of him, bro. And he sicked. He sicked the Undertaker on all of them, bro. He made his kingdom safe for himself and his hand-picked champions. And he said, I know, I knew my time would come and I did get an opportunity and I was the two-time WWF champion, but my tenures didn't last long. Why? Because Vince McMahon did not want the Undertaker representing the WWF. And Taker says, despite all that, I still remained loyal. He talks about other wrestlers leaving for greener pastors and more money. And, of course, he's talking about all the wrestlers at the time that were jumping for WCW. See, bro, he says this in such a very crafted, brilliant way. So Taker says, I stayed, and what did Vince do? He forced me to fight my brother. He let Paul Bearer talk about my family tragedies. And why? Because it was all about the ratings. And then Taker takes a shot at Shawn Michaels and says, but I never lost my smile. Then Taker puts Steve Austin over. Says he doesn't have an issue with Austin. Austin always fought him like a man, but he says, I've had enough. Now it's time to get what's mine. I demand my shot at the WWF title. Vince, bring your ass out here now and fear the Reaper. And here comes Vince McMahon again. See, bro, they would tell you like, oh, rule of thumb, Vince can't have uh, two in-rings with two different talents On the way on the same show, we could only have one. This is what I mean about, bro, about the playbook being thrown in the trash. This is all storyline driven. And obviously, a lot of this is coming out of what happened last night at the pay-per-view. Vince comes out and Vince says to Taker, all you've done for me... You slam me damn near hell last week. But if you wanted to get my attention, you've got it. And he tells Taker, I appreciate your loyalty, but what have you done for me lately? And then he asked Taker a question. Is Paul Bearer telling the truth? Was your mother a whore? And that lights Taker up and Vince backs away. And then Vince tells Taker, you want your shot? You will get your shot tonight if you defeat your opponent. Because tonight there's going to be a match between you and an opponent. The winner of that match is the number one contender. And your opponent tonight is Kane. And the the entire building explodes. This was not an announced match, bro. But you've got them so hooked into this show with everything that's going on that this is a good time to drop a surprise because now we're painting the picture of must-see television. And now you are getting a match between Taker and Kane for the number one contender. I had to pop a little bit, bro. There was a spot in the back. uh, Sable was getting pictures taken. And my good old friend, bro, WWF photographer Tom Buchanan was um, photographing Sable. DX comes into the scene with super soakers. And they wind up soaking down uh, Tom Buchanan and Sable. Look at, look at the continuity in this show, bro, because we have this Sable spot. Then we go into a package of what happened between Mark Merrow and Sable at the pay-per-view. Remember, bro, if Sable wins, contract ripped up. If the wrestler Sable chooses, loses, then Merrow still owns Sable. However, we find out at the pay-per-view, Merrow, uh, Sable came down by herself. She didn't need anybody to fight her battle battles and Merrow lays down and tells Sable, get ahead, man, this has gone too far. Cover me where again, he rolls her up and Sable is gone from the WWE. I don't even remember how we bring her back, bro. So it's going to be interesting for me to see. We have a King of the ring matchup with, uh, Steve Blackman and Mero. Mero introduces his new valet, who is Jacqueline. And oh, my God, bro, what she is wearing. Oh, my God. You've got to watch season six, episode 22 to find out what Jacqueline is wearing. But during the course of the match, Jacqueline gets um, the ref's attention which enables Merrow to low blow Blackman. Uh, then 360 splash him, and Merrow with Jacqueline gets the win. We then go to a footage of earlier today where Stone Cold was on the broadcast of Man Cow. Man Cow, bro, was the Howard Stern of Chicago at the time. Man Cow was over huge and Vince McMahon winds up calling into that show. That was very entertaining. We get another Edge vignette. We are getting ready for the debut of Edge. Finally, bro, we have a six-man elimination match between DX and The Nation. Um, Slaughter sends everybody not involved to the back. First we eliminate D'Lo, then Road Dog, then Billy, and we are left with Triple H against Owen and The Rock. China comes out, but China doesn't get involved. Shamrock hits the ring. Rock gets eliminated. Rock gets eliminated. Shamrock hits the ring. And attacks Owen Hart. He's back from his ankle injury at the hands of Owen Hart. He comes back, attacks Owen. Nation comes out. They're all on Shamrock. Severn comes out because of his, he with the nation. We got a great, great stare down between Dan Severn and Ken Shamrock. These two legendary UFC fighters and J.R. is selling this like an absolute lunatic. Man, this is good television, guys. This is really, really, really good television. Then what I loved about this is Triple H gets up and he shoves Shamrock because he's pissed off Shamrock cost him the match. And there is a pull apart between Ken Shamrock and Triple H. Everything on this show, bro, I am putting myself in the shoes of the performer. I am not doing textbook wrestling bullshit. Yes, uh, uh, Hunter would have been pissed off if Shamrock cost him his match against Owen, and that's why he shoves Shamrock. The two got to be pulled apart. There is then a shot of The Undertaker in the back. And then we go to VKM meeting with Paul Barra and Kane, And Vince shakes the hand of Kane. What can they be up to? From there, bro, we go to Tennessee Lee introducing Jeff Jarrett. And we have the Godwins repackaged as Southern Justice. To back up Jeff Jarrett, they look like a million bucks, bro. And they are in, they are, they distract the ref at the end of the match, which enables Tennessee Lee to give Jeff a strap. And he takes out Farouk with that strap behind the ref's back. So Jeff Jarrett now advances in the uh, King of the Ring tournament along with Mark Merrow man bro from there they played a another great package about vince mcmahon and just how charitable uh vince mcmahon is and the wwe is and vince gives to the boys club of america the boys and girls club of america and special olympics and these pieces bro over the last couple of weeks with briscoe patterson and uh vince were brilliant it's funny, bro, because Patterson and Briscoe were not on this show this week. From what I remember, bro, I think they got their asses kicked last week. So they are off because they are still selling. From there, bro, we go to, you know, which, which to me is a channel changer. We go from Taka Michinoko, um, against Funaki for the, uh, light heavyweight title. Kai and Tai gets involved. Uh, The funny part about this match, though, bro, which made it worth my while, was that Al Snow and Head are masquerading as Japanese photographers ringside, which was very, 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 very funny. Taka Michinoko is over. Uh, We go to an interview with Paul Bearer and Kane. We go to Al Snow cutting a promo on head in the back. Here comes uh, Vince McMahon. He's going to be on color for Undertaker and Kane. But before that happens, uh, Mark Henry has a King of the Ring qualifying match against Terry Funk, and uh, Mark Henry winds up going over and advancing. From there, bro, we go to a shot of Austin with the belt heading to the arena, and we go to commercial break. We come back from commercial. Austin comes out. Austin is now also sitting at color. He's going to call this last match. You got Vince on one side, Lola next to him. JR next to Lawler and Austin on the other side. So you got Austin and McMahon out there, bro. You got Undertaker and Kane in the ring. You are setting the stage for anything to happen, bro. We are so, so, so stacking the deck, you know, again, bro, trying to make some strides in the war against WCW. We have our match. It is a brawl between The Undertaker and Kane, bro. Remember, this is for the number one contendership. The referee takes a bump. Uh, Taker shortly thereafter tombstones uh, Kane, but there is no referee. The referee is out as Taker is covering Kane and clearly has the match won. However, here comes mankind who's wearing his mask and he puts the claw on Taker. JR is selling his ass off the charts. Um, once Cactus, I'm sorry, mankind puts the mandible claw on Taker. Kane takes over and Kane now tombstones Taker. And Kane covers Taker for the one, two, three. So we know it is going to be Kane and Austin at the next pay-per-view. At the end of this show, uh, Austin flips off Vince at commentary. There is a stare down between Kane and Austin and Taker and Mick Foley slash mankind slash dude love are brawling all over the building and Vince is now putting over Mick Foley. He's got a change of heart and he is second second thinking. Uh, the, the firing of Mick Foley and we are off the air. Hot. This was a very good television show, bro. Two hours full of action, full of drama, very very realistic um really 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 enjoyable television show and we got a lot of matches in here too bro three qualifying matches king of the ring we had the street fight we had the elimination match so overall man this is a very very good show and keep in mind man this is only the first week after the pay-per-view bro So the pay-per-view was the Sunday before, and we are already off to the races. We already know it's Kane and Austin going into the next pay-per-view. So, guys, that is it. I will be back next week. Not next week. Two weeks from now with the very, very next Attitude Era Breakdown, man. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did.